message from Valley Bible Fellowship. It is our sincere prayer that you're richly blessed through the ministry of the Word. For more information about VBF, visit our website at vbf.org. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he'll receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. That's James 1, 5 through 8. What's that verse about, or that scripture about? It's uh, about the fact, the truth, that there is wisdom to be had. If you want to be a wise and understanding person, there's knowledge, there's learning, you can go to school. God provides. And if you ask Him for wisdom, He will lead you to the right place to have it, right? But there's a caveat there. When you ask Him, you can't doubt. You have to believe. And so really what this scripture is about is it's not about uh, the free goods that God gives or the wisdom that he gives and all these things as much as it is about your own intentions. If you're going to come to God and ask him for wisdom and understanding, you got to ask yourself why. Why do you need it? I have three questions for you today and I want you to really think about it, okay? I want you to like think right now where you are. I want you to stop and think about it. The first question is what is it that you really want right now? Just think it through. I know some of you are out there thinking, I just want, I want a burger, I'm hungry, you know? Some of you guys think, I want my spouse to stop arguing with me. Or some of you guys are thinking, I just, I just want to feel comfortable in, in this world, or I want to keep my job, or I want to get uh, promoted. You, there's something you want right now. I want you to think about that. Okay, that's the first question. Now think about what you want. The second question is, think about what you need right now. Think about what you actually need. Think about what you need. Now the third question is kind of an eye-opener. Were those the same thing? Were they the same thing? See, in life we tend to prioritize our wants over our needs. It's kind of like human nature. It's, uh, I don't know if it's a cultural thing in America. I think, it's, I think it's anywhere. I think we prioritize what we feel like. We prioritize what we want in the moment. I, yesterday I had a huge burger because I wanted it in the moment and I uh, regretted it after I did it, but I wanted it and I got it and I did exactly what we do so many times. Yesterday, uh, I posted a question on Facebook, and uh, the question was a very simple question: Can you have both wealth and happiness? And I thought there would be, you know, somewhat of a response, but people came out of the woodwork and they they, they gave such good and well thought out responses. And I'm so proud of uh, of, of a lot of the things that, that you guys said in that post. And uh, and it was really interesting to me and eye opening. And I took a lot from that. I'll talk about more of that later, but. The reason that I posted that question was to bring to light 
that we focus sometimes too much on having wealth or gaining more wealth and we focus too much on personal happiness and you know some some of us are greedy we want both but many of us would say you know I just want to get I want to get more money have more money be able to uh, you know do well in life and, and I want to be able to be successful and give and, and and if you're honest maybe drive a nice car maybe have nice clothes maybe have a few things be able to go on trips you know there's nothing wrong with that absolutely nothing wrong with that some of you guys are, are different you, you, you don't value money or stuff as much you value experiences and you just want to be happy right and, and that's okay, there's nothing wrong with that. But my question to you now is, where do you think that wealth and happiness land on the need scale? Abraham Maslow was a 20th century psychologist and he became famous for something you guys have all heard of is the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And what he did is he simplified through Tons of studies, he simplified what people actually do need, what humans need to be uh, happy or to be effective in society. And it's really interesting if you look at it. So I, I encourage you to look it up and maybe pull it up uh, later and look at the pyramid because it, 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 the, the bottom is the base need and then it goes up to uh, the higher need. Once that base need is met, then it goes to a higher need. Once that need's met, you can go to a higher need. Once that need's met, you go to a higher need. And he, 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 he kind of defined the fact that needs are hierarchical. They are, um, if you don't have the lower needs met, then you will have a really hard time and maybe never even be able to have the other needs met. So when you look at the pyramid, the very bottom, the first thing that human beings need is, is physiological. It's uh, air, it's water, it's food, it's sleep. If you don't have those things, you're gonna be off, right? You're gonna be thrown off. And I've seen people before that you know, they, they flip out, they get really mad because they're hungry or they are moody because they're tired and they just don't have their bottom level needs met. Some of you guys, you know, you think you have all the problems in the world, you're just not sleeping enough. That's what it comes down to, right? So there's that base level of needs and then on top of that, uh, once those needs are met, then you start focusing on your safety, your personal safety and well-being. And so you have physiological needs, you have personal safety, and then above that is love. We need love, we need human connection, we need touch. I was thinking about all the things that people say to me these days and you know they'll ask me what what where, where do you think with the church where, where are things gonna be in the future how's it gonna go you know what kind of a leader are you gonna be how are you gonna do this and and I'm thinking man I, I don't know I, I'm gonna I'm gonna work on it as I go I've got ideas but right now I just need I just need a brother or sister to give me a hug and just high five and say hey I'm there with you because we need love right so once these three things are met, and, and so many people, by the way, get stuck at that love level. They don't ever learn how to give love. They don't ever learn how to receive love. They never learn how to receive love from God. And so they get stuck there. And then the next two are very interesting because these are the, 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 the types of needs that we tend to value in our culture. The, 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 the level up from love is self-esteem and self-respect. We all have a need to be somebody, right? but so many of us try to skip maybe personal safety and we feel anxious or we skip love and we try to go straight to being somebody and then we wonder why we have problems because we're not covering the, 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 the base needs first, right? And then after self-esteem, it's self-actualization, which is, is, is basically 
becoming the person that you know you can be. Or, or better yet, I, I always say that I'm striving to become the person that God has called me to be. Now I know I'm not there. And so I know that uh, this, this Maslow's hierarchy of needs isn't biblical per se, but the idea to me is very biblical that you have to get the base things down first. You have to get the, the, the uh, you have to be in a place where you understand what Jesus did and what he does for us even today. Think about it in really simple terms. What was one of the first things that Jesus did? One of the first things he did was he fed people. He helped them. He gave them what they needed. He gave them food. He gave them water. When that need was met, then Jesus went on to, to give them purpose and gave them a way. He gave them love. He gave his body and his sacrifice. He showed them how much he cared for them. And then after he died and resurrected, he sent his Holy Spirit to us to, to mold us and shape us into the people we're supposed to be. But as important as wisdom and understanding is, it's, it's something that I want us to see today as a tool. The, it's, not, it's not the goal. My goal is not to become super wise and be the, the person that you know everyone comes to for answers. That'd be nice, sure, it'd be fun, but my goal is to fall in love with God more. My, full, my goal is to fall in love with the church more, each other more. My goal is to give love. My goal is to have love. My goal is to it's not so much where I'm headed or what I'm going to do in the future. My goal is who am I going to become and what kind of person am I going to be? And am I going to be somebody who loves God more than anything in the whole wide world? That's my goal. I really think that Maslow was anointed by God when he created this pyramid of needs. It's funny because when you look at the needs, achievement, which is something we value so much in our society today, is the very last need to be met. It's not the first, it's not the second, it's not the third, it's the last. And to me, achievement kind of becomes, you know, what happens after you become the person you're supposed to be. You just, you, you become somebody who automatically achieves, who automatically looks for people to help. You become somebody who, uh, wants to make a difference when you have all of your needs fulfilled. So many of us are good at serving, we're so, we're so good at loving, we're so good at giving, but the thing is, is we burn out because we give so, so, so much, too much, and we forget to fill our own tank. If I were to drive my truck all the way out into the desert and drive and drive and drive and never stop at a gas station, what would happen? I would run out of gas, right? Some of you guys are on empty, and you need to take time not self-care time, not going to the spa time necessarily. Maybe you need that too, I don't know. But I'm talking about time, time where you can just rest your soul, where you can breathe in all that is good and all that is God and breathe out all that is bothering you and all that is keeping you from moving forward and believing who you are. The idea of happiness isn't even on Maslow's scale. In fact, the word happiness is rarely even mentioned. Um, I. I I'm sure that the word is in there in some translations of the Bible, but the Bible talks more about peace and joy. And, and I think about 
happiness and, and how it pertains to peace, uh, I would much rather have peace. You, if you offer me a plate, one has happiness on it, one has peace on it, I'm going to choose peace. Peace is knowing everything's going to be okay because you have a God who takes care of you. Is it pointless to strive for wisdom and understanding? No, I, I don't think it is. I think it's a very uh, important value and very important attribute to have. But we need to see wisdom and understanding as tools. Tools to use so that we can develop into the people that God wants us to be, so that we can lead ourselves and each other and others into a loving relationship with God. I was thinking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs and what Jesus did. When Jesus found those who were hungry, what did he do? He fed them. If you see somebody that's hungry, maybe spiritually hungry or physically hungry, you have an opportunity to feed. And you probably have the means to do so, right? We can't feed every single soul in the world, but we can keep our eyes open. We can ask God, hey, does that person need me? Does that person need something? You might look like a fool, right? You might. Yesterday, this older man, uh, um, he, he was uh, just a normal guy driving down the street and he lost a ladder in the, in, on 24th Street and the traffic was bad and I just felt this urge to get out and help him. I, I wasn't feeding him physically, I wasn't giving him a burger, he wasn't homeless, he wasn't hungry, but, and he also denied the help. He said, no, I got it, no problem. But I, I hope that, that meant something to him, that somebody would stop, that somebody cared. And if people see us doing that enough, which I think they do, I think that it'll change their lives. And I think this whole city has been changed by that kind of behavior. When Jesus saw those who were insecure or fearful, he calmed the storm. I think of the disciples, how afraid they were when they were on the, the, the Sea of Galilee, the lake there, and they got hit by this huge unexpected storm and Jesus was sleeping down below. He came up and he calmed them and he rebuked them for being afraid because why should they be afraid? Because they have him, right? When Jesus finds those who need uh, acceptance or they need purpose or they need to be a part of something, he says, come, follow me. He gives them away. He gives us away. And when Jesus sees those who are ready to truly become the person that God has called them to be, he will lead us and he will guide us and he will give us everything we need to become those people. And ultimately, we will be perfect in heaven. But we can grow from here on out, right? I want to read one more scripture to you. 1 John 4, 7 says, Beloved, talking to the church, to the people, let us love one another, for love is from God. Whoever loves has been born of God and knows God and anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love in the in this the love of God was manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world that we might live through him in this is love not that we have loved God but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins beloved if God so loved us we also ought to love one another no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. The whole point of life 
You want to know what the secret of life is? It's to fall in love. It's to fall in love with God, it's to fall in love with the people around you, and it's to stay connected and to look out for them and to help them and not worry about the judges and not worry about the people who are gonna look at you funny and think you're doing it wrong, right? It's about focusing on God, loving Him to death, and then focusing on the people. And if you make mistakes, you make mistakes. If you offend somebody, you offend somebody. But um, let me ask you, how many of us are gonna offend somebody by reaching our hand out to help? How many of us are gonna offend somebody by, uh, by encouraging somebody and saying, hey, you matter, right? Maybe some of our social skills are a little bit less than they need to be, but that's okay. People see past that and they see your heart. So don't worry if you have a stutter like Moses and don't worry if you have a uh, lying problem like Jacob and don't worry if you mess up big time like King David. Don't worry if you, uh, there's so many different characters in the Old Testament and the New Testament as well. I think they're a little quieter in the New Testament about it, but, but Peter, I mean, he denied Jesus, right? Three times, the same night Jesus said he was going to and he said, no way, there's no way I'm gonna do that. These people were imperfect. They were like you and I. But the difference between some of these men and women and some other people that I've seen go a different direction is that they never gave up. They never gave up. We're in a war right now, we're in a fight, and the fight is for love, and the fight is for each other. So let's keep fighting, all right? So when I first started uh, doing this, I had some reservations, right? Believe it or not, I started thinking about who I am and who, uh, who I am when no one's looking, what I think, what I say. Um, and I had an, about a 10-year argument with God, you know? I'm like, you sure you got the right guy? And um, he kept saying yes, and, um, and I kept struggling and still question, you know, am I the right person? And, um, you know, at, at one point I just got to the point where I realized that there's not a difference between somebody that's on a stage standing and talking than there is anybody else. I mean, there's no difference at all. We're just called by God to, to love him and then look out for each other and love each other, right? So when I started, I, I, I lacked knowledge. That was uh, one of the things that I definitely lacked. And God led me to this scripture and I feel like he basically simplified it for me because I'm, I'm, not, the, I'm not the smartest kid all the time. He, he simplified it so that I would know where to always uh, look, where, where my anchor was. And uh, Matthew twenty two thirty four 34 is, is the scripture. It says, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. And I remember jumping right in jumping right in and, and, and teaching that. And throughout my whole life, I've been coming back to that. That's my anchor. That's it. That's what keeps me afloat. That's what keeps me alive. That's what helps me survive. Um, 
Because truthfully, uh, sometimes life is great. It's wonderful. It's fun. Sometimes life is survival. Sometimes it's um, easy, right? Sometimes it's difficult. There's waves. You know, I was joking with my friend. I said, my life has been like this. You know, <laughs> it's like these dips where you're like, wait, what am I doing? How am I going backwards? Does anybody feel the same way? I know as a leader, pastor, whatever, I'm not supposed to be vulnerable and talk to you about the real life, but I think that that's a bunch of bunk. I think that that's not true. I think that uh, you need your leaders to speak truth. Um, and so I just have a different philosophy. And so, uh, because I know that I'm going through stuff, and I know if, that if I'm going through stuff that you're going through stuff, but I also know that we have a God who loves us, and he is wise, and he has understanding, and he will lead us to what we need to be led to, but we have to keep our intentions straight, because if you want wisdom and you want understanding to uh, lift yourself up, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be disappointed. King Solomon was the wisest king who ever lived. And God came to him before he started uh, his, his uh, service as king. And he, he asked him, he said, Solomon, what can I give you? Ask anything. Would you, could you imagine that when God, if God came to you and asked you, what is it? What do you want more than anything? Right? My friends and I were joking yesterday about, uh, about if a genie came up and gave us three wishes, what would it be? And all of us agreed that flying was on the list, right? And so you, 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 it, when God says anything, you're like, can I fly? Wait, no, 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 I need, to be, I need to be more serious. This is God, right? But what would you ask for, you know? And, 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 and King Solomon asked for wisdom and understanding so that he could govern God's people. And that made God's heart happy. And that pleased the Lord. And because Solomon asked for that, he also gave Solomon riches. And he gave him wealth and he gave him honor. He gave him everything that anybody would ever desire in this world, right? But Solomon, his heart turned away from God eventually because of his desires and his choices. He chose uh, his love for foreign women, it says. And that changed his heart. He had 700 wives um, and um, I'm, I'm assuming that took a lot of his time, right? <laughs> but his heart was changed. And in the end, um, he had a sad story. Even though he had wisdom, even though he had understanding, even though he had wealth, even though he had fame, he had everything that anybody would ever want. If you read Ecclesiastes, which they say Solomon wrote that, it says that he accomplished all these things and he tried all these things and he had all these things, but in the end, he hated life. It's an eye-opener. So if you want wisdom, if you want understanding or any of the other attributes we, talk, we talked about the last few weeks, strength, right, good fear, the fear of God, if you want any of these things, first... You must make sure that you're anchored in love and not love for each other first, but love for God first. Love for God first and let that fuel your love for other, everyone else. That is the point. It's not about a destination. Where is God taking me? Well, God is taking you to him. That's where he's taking you. He's not taking you to a better job necessarily. Maybe, he, maybe you'll get a better job, but that's not the point. 
Maybe he's uh, going to give you more money. Maybe he's going to give you less money. I have no idea. But the destination is not a destination at all. It's a destiny. It's a destiny to fall deeply in love with him and to be a source of light. Because that's what will remain forever. Right? So I talked a lot on the video. I'm not going to talk a lot here. We're going to worship. But I'm going to pray this. Father... I thank you for who you are. And Lord, I pray that you take our hearts. Lord, take our hearts. And I pray, Lord, that you'd put the peace inside of us. Lord, whatever it is that is ailing us, Lord, I pray that we would lay it down. I pray that we'd be strong, Lord, and we would know that you are our provider in the end, Lord, that you are the one that is the source of life. And you are the one that will fill our, our, our hearts, our souls. And you're the one that will lead us to empty ourselves in the right places. So I pray, Lord, that you would just pull us closer. Let us walk away from the things that will, pull, that will push us further, Lord. And let us embrace you. We love you, Lord. And we need you. In Jesus' name I pray. So I'm going to ask the uh, prayer people to come up during this worship song that's going to play on the video. And if any of you guys need to just have a release today, just come up and just pray and say, hey, I just need, you don't have to tell them specifics. If you want to, you can. But say, hey, this is, this is, I need to let go of this thing. Um, and if you need to do that, come up and get prayer, all right? Or stay there in your seat and pray. Let's just, let's connect with God right now, right? I can sit up here and talk. I'm, I got stories. I got things to say, right? I got jokes. But I, I, there's no point. The point is we need to connect with him, right? So let's do that. Greater is the one who's in us. Greater is the one who calls our Never fail. Stronger is the one within us. Stronger is the one who fights for us. He will never fail. You will never fail. For your love in Surround us with 
that this message has ministered to your heart. If you don't already have a church you call home, we invite you to join us at Valley Bible Fellowship for worship, Bible study, fellowship, and more. We're at 2300 East Brundage Lane in Bakersfield, California, near Mount Vernon and Freeway 58. Reach us by phone at 661-325-2251 or visit our website at vbf.org. Here is our King, here is our love.